Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi guys, this is Alana. Welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. Today we are going to be talking about encouraging others with your prayers. And I am so glad to be joined by my friend and ministry partner, Jamie. And we're going to open up with a word of prayer. Thank you, God, so much for this day and this time to talk about encouraging one another. Lord, I just pray that this time would be set apart for you, that you'd open our hearts and our minds to whatever it is that you have for us today through this podcast episode and um, just giving us creative ways to encourage others with our prayers. Amen. Amen. So our verse of the day today is from Hebrews 10, verses 24 to 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And I just really thought that this verse, while it doesn't speak specifically about prayer, it just talks about the body of Christ encouraging one another. And I don't think there's ever been a time in history where reaching out to people has been easier. Is that right? Yeah, has been easier. And and so we can do so much through our prayers to encourage others, whether it's behind the scenes or whether it's letting them know that we're praying for them. Um, and But it's part of our command that we can spur one another on, and that's just such an, an integral part of the body of Christ. So I'm excited to jump into this episode today. Me too, absolutely. So our just for fun question today since we're talking about encouraging others with prayer, um, has a stranger ever prayed for you, Alana? Yeah, a couple times. And to be honest, sometimes it's left me feeling like totally weirded out. But I remember one interaction. So Jamie, you know this, but my youngest son, who's eight now, went through a season almost a full year where he was having horrible stomach aches and we tried a lot of things he even needed to have like a MRI stuff and ultrasounds and it took us forever to realize it's just a wheat allergy but it was really hard to figure out what was going on before we actually got that diagnosis and at one point his stomach hurt so much he couldn't even drink water and so I called our doctor who lives four hours away and works four hours away, but they have a great call center for their clinic. And I talked to a nurse and she was so sweet. And when I explained what was happening, she just had this very encouraging maternal, you know, bless his heart, the poor little guy. And I could tell just from her voice that she sounded like an older lady. And she was so encouraging to me also. And she's like, I know how hard that is for you, mom. I don't know if you've noticed that when you call, like all these medical people call you mom. Do they do that to you too? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I totally noticed that. <laughs> so, you know, she's like, and hang in there, mom. I'm just, I'm sure he's going to be all right. And I'm, and then she closed by saying, I'm just going to add him to my prayer list and keep him in my prayers. And she didn't pray for me right there, but I just so appreciated that she brought that into it. It's not a Christian clinic or anything like that. You know, if 
who knows, maybe she might have even been risking getting into trouble if she said that sort of thing to the wrong person. But I just so appreciated both the compassion and the encouragement just from a stranger saying that she was going to be praying for my son. It was really sweet. And I think that should be an encouragement because it's scary to volunteer to pray for somebody like that. And especially if you don't know if they're a Christian, sometimes you'll get hints to know that they're believers, but a lot of times you don't know. And so that's just an encouragement. If you feel that nudge from the Holy Spirit to just do it because you never know what is going to come out of that. Yeah, but you know, sometimes it can have a be weird. (laughs) And I think we do need to be careful about that. Sometimes people just aren't at that point, or sometimes I feel like sometimes the theology can be different enough that it can get somewhat awkward. So for those of you who don't know, our middle son Silas was born with a really bad brain injury and was on a feeding tube for his first five years. And a woman that we had just met came up and kind of grabbed him by both shoulders and made him look her in the eye and say, I want you to repeat after me, Jesus is my healer. And he was only four or five at the time. And what I so appreciate is he just said, no, I don't want to say that. (laughs) Because it was very out of the blue. We did not know her. She had no spiritual authority or input in our lives. And it did feel very intrusive and invasive. Yeah, I I can totally see where that would be kind of make you feel awkward and for him you know to somehow make him feel like him believing that in his heart wasn't enough that he had to say it yeah. or you know just I, yeah. or when we're talking about prayers for healing there is from a lot of christian circles the sense of guilt that if you're not healed already that you've done something wrong right that know? it's your lack of belief or someone else's exactly. lack of belief yeah Absolutely. so i'm excited to dig into this topic of praying for others and encouraging others with your prayers, but not getting to where you're feeling intrusive or invasive. But what about you in terms of a stranger praying for you? I think the most memorable was when I was going through sort of, I wouldn't say a crisis of faith. I was, I had a strong faith, but I was not living it out. It was later on in my high school years. And I had just kind of drifted, practically speaking, from the things just living life the way that I had always thought that I would live as a Christian. And um, and I didn't like it. I knew there was a conflict there, but I didn't know how to jump out of that lifestyle. And uh, I read a book that my um, youth leader at the time gave me, and it was kind of about See You at the Pole. I think it was through Josh McDowell Ministries, but it was a fiction novel. But it was about these kids that basically – you know, joined together at their school that was not a Christian school, and they started praying and and saw amazing things happen in their school through prayer. I can't remember the name of the book to save my life. But at the end, it said, if you have any prayer requests or want to connect with us, this is before email or anything like that, um, contact Josh McDowell Ministries. So I wrote them a letter, and I I went through a few different, just told my story, and, and they actually wrote me back. Mm. And Several years later, I went back and I found that letter just when I was cleaning out my closet and every single prayer that they prayed bullet point for bullet point was answered like specifically. Oh, it was so cool. So that was neat. What kind of stuff do you mean? Like what sort of things? So number one, I said I wanted, I wanted to find a group of Christian friends like that, that could encourage me spiritually, you know? So like, um, this was I was on my way to college basically, and and I found InterVarsity Christian Fellowship kind of 
crazy circumstances how that happened. But anyway, I and and so I found several people, and my my hallmate was a very strong Christian, and she had a, a big part to play in kind of me rededicating my life to Christ and getting past some of the barriers, you know, practical barriers. Another one was that um, it had to do with my boyfriend at the time, who was not not we were unequally yoked i'll say you know in our faith and um i i loved him and didn't want to leave him and so my desire to be closer to god hadn't surpassed that feeling and so mm -hmm. i just prayed god i don't want us to break up at this point and i can't do it on my own make that happen and it did and it wasn't any doing of my own but it just you know it god provided circumstances where we had no choice but to separate and so it that was another thing um i can't remember any of the others but it was just very very specific answers to prayer that's really cool yeah, yeah. and i can see how that would be super encouraging even all these years later so talking about encouraging others with your prayers, have you ever, you know, and we're not going to be talking this whole episode about praying with strangers. We're definitely going to be talking about, you know, how members of the body of Christ can be lifting each other up. But while we're on the topic of praying with strangers, have you ever, you know, reached out to someone you didn't know or, you know, felt really awkward about and asked to pray with them? I did. So our church does this cold weather shelter where we, um, once once a week, our church will host um, homeless people that have children with the idea that it will help them, especially since we're in Alaska. The, it's during um, when the weather gets below 40 at night. Mm -hmm. um, we host people each week. So our life group did a monthly commitment to do this. So um, I felt really a, a really pressing prompting to pray with this woman um, and I, she was a stranger, and I didn't know how she would receive it, but I prayed with her. And the really cool thing was, I think it was over a year later, I ran into her at the mall in like the town where we live in Anchorage, and, and it was like uh, she recognized me. She's like, your face looks so familiar. And I started naming all the things that I did. You know, well, my kids mm -hmm. are here, and I go to church here. She's like, oh. The cold weather shelter at church. Yeah, that's it. And she, her, her son at that moment walked in, and I recognized him. And he, both of them, just said the kid said, "Wow, this this really changed my life. Just having this place to go." And wow. she said, "You know, the prayers that that you prayed. Like, I have a job now." She was working at one of the stores when I walked into it, and. It was just really neat to see that that God had used those prayers and that I actually got to see the fruit of those prayers. That's super, super cool. Yeah. How about you? Oh, in terms of like praying with someone? Praying with a stranger. Oh, okay. Um, well, I was in college when the September 11th attacks happened, and I went to school right outside of Boston. And so, you know, we were fairly close to it, and on the one-year anniversary of the attack, there were quite a few memorial events going on around campus. It was just a very, you know, very somber day. And there was a group of people where throughout the day, they were going to take turns reading the list of names of the victims. And I was walking by it. I don't even think that I had planned to stop at that memorial, but I was walking by and there was a student there standing apart from the crowd crying. 
and I went up and asked her if she knew somebody in the attacks because being on the East Coast, it was not uncommon. And I forget the details, but it was, you know, something like an uncle or an aunt, you know, not immediate family, but a relative had died in the attacks. And so I asked if I could pray with her. And I didn't go to a Christian college. It was the majority of the students there were Jewish. So um, I felt a little bit awkward with that for sure. But she was very appreciative. And I even kind of wavered at the end. I'm like, well, do I say in Jesus' name or do I just kind of leave it with amen? <laughs> but, you know, I, I mentioned Jesus. And in the back of my mind was a little bit afraid that that could be be offensive. But when I was done, she really thanked me. Um, it certainly wasn't, you know, the kind of inspiring story that you just shared, Jamie, where, you know, like I ran into her a year later and she was saved and <laughs> anything like that. But I think it was neat for me because I had felt so scared and to realize that, hey, it turned out fine. And she was actually grateful for that. Well, and I have I have other stories, one in particular, and I won't go into the details, but it was very discouraging where I felt prompted to pray for someone and give them a Bible verse, and it was really awkward, and it was pretty apparent that that person didn't want that Bible verse and that I was a weirdo to them. And so just be encouraged. It's not always going to turn out beautifully and tied up with a bow, but obedience is going to help you grow and just move past those awkward things because the blessings that come from persevering and, you know, just continuing with those things will keep coming. But Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I've had a few awkward experiences too where I have felt prompted to call someone up and be like, hey, I just felt led to pray for you. Is there anything that you want me to pray for? And they just say, nope, I'm good. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, it's really, really awkward. So even though you know, on the one hand, being obedient is being obedient regardless of the results. I'm sure there are practical ways that we can extend this offer to pray for people without it, maybe not without it ever being awkward, but there are things we could do to probably make it less likely that we'll be offensive or annoying or intrusive. So for listeners who are worried about asking people, can I pray with you and having them think that you're a weirdo, what are some of the things that we can do then? I'm still thinking. I know. It's kind of hard. I think one for sure is asking permission. Oh, right. right. For, Ask permission. Do you mind if, yes. would it be okay if I prayed for you? And then to maybe not be insulted if they say, no, that's okay. Or you can just pray for me on your own. Like, for example, we were looking into um, a certain kind of, Christian organization, and I won't go into details, but basically it involved me having to make a phone call to this organization, and there was a man on the phone. He answered my questions. It was totally fine. We had a fine two-minute conversation, and then he said, and here at, name of organization, we like to pray for, you know, the people that we get in touch with. Is it all right for me to pray with you? And I said, actually, my husband and I kind of have this thing. It's our policy not to pray with a member of the opposite gender um, when it's, you know, like just a one-on-one -on -one thing. And, and he was totally fine with that. He said, oh, okay, you know, do you want to pass on any prayer requests? And so I just gave him, you know, a generic, sure, why don't you pray for our family for this? And, and it was fine, you know. So it maybe could have turned into something awkward if I had felt super offended that he even asked or if I felt pressured into it. 
Or, you know, if he felt insulted that I declined, but it didn't, you know, we just, we remained professional and polite and it wasn't a big deal. That's really good. That's really good. And for someone in another context, you know, someone who did, who was of another faith that it's like, no, actually, I, I don't want that. I know of someone um, that talked about walking through an illness with a loved one and people would pray and they were offended by that because they didn't want that. And, you know, so that is a way to get around that is to ask and and not be upset by the no and, and to pray yeah. quietly because it's just as powerful praying behind the scenes. For sure. They cannot keep you from praying in your heart. That's but right. I think if someone does decline, then it is important for us to honor that. You know, I think that that's just basic human respect, mm-hmm. you know, to not browbeat them, not to make them feel bad. Don't get pushy about it. I think another reason why it's just so important or maybe a story to illustrate why it's important to ask once we went to an event, we showed up, someone came out, someone we knew very well, and someone came out and this person asked how we were doing. And we had just driven a couple hours to get to this event. My husband said, oh, I'm all right. I've just got this really bad headache. And this individual placed a hand on his forehead right then and, you know, commanded the headache to be gone and then, you know, just invited us into the house and things went on. But for my husband, that was, it felt very intrusive. He hadn't asked for that. He wasn't expecting it. I think he appreciated the thought behind it, but it also had this sense of what we talked about earlier, that if you're not 100% healthy, you must be doing something wrong. You know, sometimes that's true, I think, but sometimes a headache is just a headache. Mm-hmm. Um, so side note, something you had said, this is getting us off on a slight tangent, but you had talked about, you know, praying with members of the opposite faith. I was what just about to, I was just about to get us onto that tangent because I think it's an important one to take right now. Yeah. And talking sure? about setting boundaries. Yeah. So do you, what are your thoughts about if someone from another faith asked you, Hey, can I pray for you? Oh, or with you, you? Know, I was actually, so I thought you were going to talk about someone of the opposite gender. So I was going to go down that path, but no, yeah, but let's go down that path then. Cause okay. that's another one. Okay. Well, let's, we can start with the other faith first because okay. that's important too. You know, um, I would never stop someone in the middle of a prayer. Um, if, and I honestly, I have never thought about what I would say to someone if they said, can I pray for you? I mean, I guess my initial thought is, in the Bible where, you know, they talk about meat sacrifice to idols mm-hmm. and how, you know, okay, so that that meat sacrifice to idols is, that idol is fake and so the meat's not really going to any cause. It's not unclean because we know that idol is a false god. So what's the big deal? But I guess when you get into prayer, you can get into demonic influences and prayer mm-hmm. to... But my, I think my knee-jerk reaction is I would never make someone feel awkward. I'd rather protect the relationship and just, you know, know that God is more powerful than any other force out there. And if someone is praying to what they believe to be God, um, 
who's to say that God himself is not bigger than, than that? I, I don't know. I, I would not stop someone just right off the top of my head, but I'd have to think about that, and I'd like to hear yeah. your thoughts. I think it's a situation more. where you absolutely need discernment. Yeah. I would say that, yeah, you know, sometimes someone with a very weak faith or, you know, someone who some circles would call a backslidden believer or maybe an agnostic, something like that. In most cases, I would probably be like, okay, what's the harm? But I think there would be cases where I could see myself refusing or stopping a prayer if it's, and again, I think this is just where discernment has to come in. So for example, the hospital where Silas was as a baby had a different chaplain offer a prayer every morning, which if you think about it is actually a really nice thing that the hospital had a Catholic background. And sometimes it was great and so inspiring, but sometimes the chaplains were so far off from anything that would be considered even remotely Christian that I would have preferred to be able to have like earplugs, you know, like sometimes they were praying to the universe or the cosmos. Um, If I had been able to stop that prayer, I would have, because in my spirit, I just knew it was not something I could agree with. Well, I've actually, and I can't remember where I heard this. I either read an article about that the chaplain for something, you know, some organization, um, like the head chaplain was agnostic or atheist or something, and they were just holding that place or at the I, hospital? I don't, but I don't know if it was at a hospital or another organization, but I just I remember surprised. that being brought to my attention and thinking, okay, so just because someone carries the title chaplain, use your discernment. It doesn't mean they're, they're representing Christ um, yeah, or even absolutely. the organization that they claim to be affiliated with. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, if you are feeling warning signs in your, you know, in your spirit, that it would be okay to bow out of that prayer, you know, and I think there are ways that we could do that, that are less likely to totally break that relationship or totally make you feel or look like a jerk. But sometimes we do just have to protect ourselves. I can think especially if my children are around and they know that someone's prayer is so off base, Mm -hmm. I think they would feel disappointed and maybe spiritually unprotected if I didn't do something. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. So it's that balance of spiritual and theological integrity and versus uh, relationship and, and wanting to be accommodating. But there's a, a point where you have to, to walk that line and there are times when yeah. someone might be offended and, and that mm-hmm. has to be okay in the and name that, of protecting. That has to be okay. Yeah. My kids and I went to what was supposed to be just a fun self-defense little class for families And it started out that way, but then it turned into a whole bunch of things with um, like chi and using your sixth eye or whatever Mm -hmm. it is that it's called. And and my kids were old enough and discerning enough, thankfully, that they weren't comfortable with that. And, And we left. And yeah, I felt a tiny bit awkward about it, but it was far more important for me to make sure that my kids had an example of what to do in that kind of situation, you know. And I had a similar experience with one of my kids' preschool. We went to this preschool. It was awesome. The teacher was great. And just it was such a great place. And I took the handbook home, and I had already given the deposit. 
and I read through the handbook, and they talked about how there was a prayer that they prayed before each um, snack, but it was basically praying to the trees, to the sun, to the universe. And I just felt, you know, for some reason that for me, I just, God, I prayed about it and God gave me a very clear, there is no compromising. And it was awkward. I had to, you know, go to that person and get the deposit back. But you explain why? I did. And I didn't want to be offensive, but I just said, you know, our faith is, is not lining up with this prayer. and, And that's the most important part of our our family's identity yeah. is our faith and, and who we worship. So I, and I try, you know, and I was very otherwise gracious. So I hope, right. I hope that that wasn't offensive, but if well, it, was, it was good for them to include that in the handbook, cause I could see places that would do that without letting the parents know. Right. No, I, yeah, I did appreciate that. So for sure. Well, let's get back on yeah. half our tangent. Half our tangent. <laughs> so talking about encouraging people by praying with them, And especially, you know, if it's somebody you know, somebody within your church, this can be something that is very encouraging. And to be honest, you guys probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast if Jamie weren't really good at saying, hey, can we pray about that? Because we started out just as mom friends. Our kids were doing the same sport activities and we were hanging out with toddlers while the older ones were working out. And it didn't take long for just mom chat to turn into, oh, well, do you want to stop and pray about that? And it, w- it was so encouraging. And I feel like, Jamie, you're really gifted in that. And I just want to know what tips you have, both for, you know, we talked a little bit about just not being afraid to ask somebody, but maybe some other tips, just how do you, how did you get so good about encouraging others through your prayers is that something that's always come naturally to you or is it something you had to deliberately work on that's so funny because my memory of kind of how we became prayer partners was that you volunteered to come and like pray weekly for the the good news club that i was leading and we kind of but it's just funny how you know because in my mind like your prayers kind of launched us into you know (laughs) more prayer partners so uh, but yeah um just i I've always loved praying with people and I I think that that comes from not always. I think loving to pray with people came from some really specific kind of mentors and and examples in my life and I trace it back a, probably a long time, you know, into childhood, but the the recent ones, you know, I had a couple of really good friends in Arizona that were just great, great examples of, of prayer warriors that took prayer from just God bless so-and-so and, and, you know, pray for this, pray for that. But they, they just took it to a new level of spiritual warfare. And when mm-hmm. I, when my eyes started to be open to the spiritual world um, and that battle, it just, it was, it was like, wow, there's power in this. And so I don't know. So just their example of of taking me aside and praying with me and just saying, hey, let's pray about that now, like not even continuing the conversation, but just stopping right then and there and praying right on the spot was was probably part of that. Um, Which I think is a great system. And really, you're the first person I've met who consistently does this. And I think it's a great tip for those of you who are listening, where if you're close to someone, and even if you are prayer partners, most of my prayer partners look like 
let's get together and share prayer requests. And that could take two hours because we're chatty mm -hmm. and let's pray. And that could be, you know, 10 minutes at the end of our talk. Whereas something that Jamie is so good at is if I'm struggling with something and we're talking about this because we're friends, in addition to being prayer partners, she'll say, oh, well, do you want to stop and pray about that now? Or I feel like lately we've been doing it a lot through texts, right? So I might right. say like, hey, I've got this prayer request. This just happened. Mm -hmm. Next thing I know, my phone's ringing and she's, you know, there offering to pray with me. So I do really appreciate that you're willing to take that first step because sometimes just that first step of initiating really is the hardest. Well, I feel like you do that for me just as much as I do it for you. So it well, is. I absolutely fun. learned it from example. Because, <laughs> really yeah, and I learned it from example too. So, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about just some super practical takeaways. So, for people listening who want to get better at using the gift of encouragement and coupling that with praying with or for people, what are some of your suggestions? How I mean, there are so many ways you could do it. So let's just brainstorm some of the ways that you can encourage someone with your prayers. Um, written prayers are some of my favorites because of our technological age and just how easy it is. You don't have to be interrupting someone. You can, um, you know, you can write them a heartfelt prayer and email it or mail it in the snail mail or you can text it or, um, you know, those it's just those are ways that you can encourage someone without them having to stop what they're doing. They can yeah. look at it when they have time. And it's a tangible reminder later. Like a couple of people that I've done that for have said, I printed this out and I put it on my wall or, you know. Or like your um, letter that you talked about. Yes. Oh, the the episode. to go back to it years later when mm -hmm. I quite honestly, had forgotten even writing letter and getting it back. But, wow. but to see that, I mean, it's a powerful testimony of God's work. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I remember once I was really struggling. And the funny part is I don't remember what I was struggling with. <laughs> but you wrote out kind of a prayer based on Psalm 91, which oh. was super sweet anyway, because you know that thought has to go into that. It's, it's so much deeper than just saying, oh, I'll pray for you. You know, but like you opened up the Bible, you looked and you said, these are the verses I'm praying for you. And it was just one of the most encouraging moments I've had of being spiritually uplifted by someone else. So yeah, writing out a prayer. And I think we have biblical example of this too. So many of Paul's letters mm -hmm. will say, you know, and I'm praying this. And he goes off into these beautiful descriptions of the things that he's praying for them. So I think there's two ways you could write out the prayer, you know. Dear God, bless Jamie, help her family to be doing great. Or you could just say, you know, you could address the individual. Dear Jamie, I've been praying for your family. These are the specific things I'm praying. And I think the more specific you get, the more encouraging it could be. Because anybody who says that prayer is easy is on another planet or they're gifted in a way that I never imagined I will be. You know, in my mind, prayer takes mental discipline and a lot of spiritual energy and it's one thing to say, God bless Jamie. It's another thing to get detailed and specific. So even if you go beyond just saying, I'm praying for you, and list out some of the specifics that you're praying, that can be a big blessing and encouragement as well. And to receive, you know, because a lot of that is receiving from God. Because, well, like that Psalm 91, you know, I, I 
almost didn't do that. It was one of those things where it's like, uh, is this over the top? And so you just, you know, God, God will give you and, and so receive what he has for you because sometimes topics might come up in your mind to pray that have nothing to do with the concern that person has placed in front of you, but maybe God's giving you something, an insight into doing that. Um, but another subcategory of that written prayer is um, what I have done a few times. It's been really cute and fun, but also powerful is recorded my kids praying for their relatives. Like we don't live Aww, near any of our family. So we'll take a little short video. Like I'll just use my phone camera and I'll do like, I'll make sure it's short so it goes through easily. So I'll do like a 15 minute, 15 second prayer of each kid praying for, you know, one time my mother-in-law was really sick, very sick. And, um, and I had each one of them say a prayer for her. And I sent that, I texted that to her and she could watch it and actually see them praying for her. So you could do like a FaceTime or a Skype and pray in person, or you could do like just a little video and send the quick, quick recording to someone of yourself or kids praying. It's just kind Aww, of, you're going to make me cry <laughs> because so Jamie, you know, about my grandma and she was such a prayer warrior and she died maybe about two years ago and we knew that her health was failing and thankfully like her spirit stayed so strong until the end but at one point I felt really silly asking this but we were on the phone and I just asked her hey if I put you on speakerphone can you just pray a blessing for each of our boys and she did but I didn't have any way to record that and, you know, you sharing that story makes me really wish that I had. Oh. But moving on so that I don't cry. <laughs> um, this is a fun story that I wanted to share. And to show you guys, sometimes you don't even need to let the other person know that you're praying for them. Sometimes it's fun to almost be like a secret Santa behind the scenes. <laughs> and I had a friend who was struggling with infertility. And for those of you who have struggled with infertility or have been close to someone who have, you know what a a heart-wrenching roller coaster that can be. And we had prayed specifically just for her and her husband's relationship during this time. We hadn't even prayed, you know, for her to be able to conceive. We just prayed for the emotional roller coaster she was on. And when later on that day, this was very much from the Lord. I would not have had the, um, the boldness to do this if I, I didn't truly sense God calling me to. But I felt prompted to write out a prayer praising God for the baby that she had conceived. Wow. And I wrote out this prayer, and I, uh, I was so convinced that this had been from the Lord that what I did was I put it in an envelope and sealed it with the date on it. And then on the front, I said, to so-and-so at your baby shower. And I was able to give that to her maybe like a year or two later at her baby shower, which was really neat. That's so cool. And just imagine receiving that and just knowing, I don't know, that's what a blessing. That's really yeah. a good idea. But, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't have told her that because right. um, I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel any message from God that I was supposed to share this with her. And even if I had, I mean, that's that's getting into heavy, heavy stuff. If you're giving someone else what could sound like a promise from God, that takes major Holy Spirit confirmation. And I didn't have the sense that I was supposed to share with her. So I really did feel like I was just this little, you know, secret helper behind the scenes. And it was pretty neat. That's great. I love that. So any other tips that you want to leave people with? or 
words of wisdom? Uh, I guess just asking someone, how can I be praying for you? You know, that's kind of a, that, that's an encouragement that it doesn't have to be awkward. And it's very easy for them to say, I'm good and it not be weird. But just to say, how can I be praying for you? Um, I think that's an open-ended way that you can encourage someone just by letting them know that you even care. Because sometimes half of the encouragement comes from someone knowing that someone even cares what they're struggling with and what they're going through and is, you know, that someone wants to be a witness to those struggles and, and a help. So that's, that's a good one easy way. Um, or to tell someone that you've been praying for them, which, you know, you talked about that going into specifics. But Have you ever had someone come to you with a conversation that begins something like, hey, I was praying for you and I felt led to pray for this specific thing and it turned into something that made a ton of sense to you, even though the original person praying didn't quite know why they were praying it? Oh, yeah. I got a text just last year. I got this text in the middle of the night from my good friend who's a nurse. And so she sometimes will send me texts at weird times. <laughs> and so, it, you know, my phone dinged at like two in the morning. And it was just, hey, I was just thinking about you and praying for this, this, and this. And it was like, oh, my goodness. I didn't even share with her. We hadn't talked in weeks. And I hadn't even shared with her any of it that, you know, the things that I was going through and, and God just, that was just exactly what I needed at that time. It was very cool. Yeah. That's How about really, you? I'm, I know it's happened, but I can't mm -hmm. think of a story off the tip of my tongue, yeah, but, but it is a neat way to bless someone with your prayers when you mm -hmm. not only pray thoroughly for them, but, you know, just ask God, how do you want me to pray for this person? Yeah. All right. Well, we have loved having this discussion and hope that you listening have gotten some good bits of encouragement and inspiration from it. And just like every other show, we want to leave you with a blessing and benediction. May God's peace rest on you so that your heart will not be troubled and you will not be afraid. May the peace of Christ that transcends knowledge and understanding guard you, fill you, protect you, and surround you. May your spirit be steadfast, trusting in the Lord, and may the Lord of peace himself quiet your spirit, regardless of whatever struggles, trials, or storms are confronting you today. And our benediction is from Psalm 20, verses 1 to 5. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation, and in the name of our God, set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Amen. Amen.